Hi, my name's Zeno. I'm a drug addict, alcoholic. Um, there's going to be a little bit of drugs in my story, briefly, but um, I, I hope that's all right. I got a sobriety date of March 3rd, 2020, which is almost going on two years. I'm almost there. Um, I've been working the steps. I'm at step eight, and kind of, I, I kind of stalled out there. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just taking my time. It's a journey, so I don't think there's a time limit. I, I've been, uh, I was uh, from a family of uh, four brothers and one sister and two loving parents. They're still with me, thank God. And they were good parents. Everything was good. It's just I, um, I uh, have that obsession of uh, the mind. I, uh, once I use, I can't stop. And it, it caused a lot of problems, uh, not only in um, between my uh, family with my mom and dad, but my immediate family. My uh, between me and my wife, we got into a lot of fights, and it's caused a lot of misery. And it, uh, we, I'm sorry about that. Uh, we uh, quit for uh, six and a half years, me and my wife, and we were sober and. Uh, those were some good times. Uh, we raised my daughter, which is now 21, but she was, uh, well, we quit in 2003, so she was three years old, and up till about 2009, we were sober parents, but uh, then we started using, and it got really bad. Thank God we didn't uh, lose her or anything like that, but uh, me and my wife fought a lot. And uh, I thought we weren't going to make it. And, uh, but uh, thank God we quit. And uh, uh, in 2020, my uh, I'm just going to jump ahead because uh, I only got 10 minutes. Um, 2020, um, it got really bad. I started using MEP this time because... On on a relapse, so I was not only drinking, I was using meth, I was using um, opiates, I was uh, using, well, about anything, <laughs> anything, pot, everything, so luckily my heart didn't stop, but uh, um, we uh, quit again, and uh, so far, uh, the first time we quit, we didn't, we didn't, um, we didn't use the steps, we didn't really go to AA, wasn't even, I don't think, uh, I, I maybe did two meetings the whole six and a half years I was sober, uh, I, I guess they call it white knuckling, but, um, it was kind of like white knuckling, it, there was some times that I, yeah, but, uh, uh, this time it's, it's been, um, it was a little hard at first, but this time it's really, I, I, it's sticking. I mean, uh, it feels like uh, I, I don't want to use, and I don't have no desire to use now. Um, so, I guess um, that's from working the steps and having a sponsor. And I think it's important to have a sponsor and working the steps and keeping in touch with everybody in the AA. It kind of, it's a great uh, way to meet people and 
I, I love everybody in AA. They're, I don't, I might not know them, but I, I love them. I heard that the other day in a meeting, and I like that. Uh, I, I don't know any of you personally, but I love you. You've got me through some rough times, and um, I, I want to get back now, and that's what I'm trying to do now. And uh, so I'm on uh, step eight, and I'm gonna. My New Year's resolution is to start working my steps again. <laughs> so I'm gonna start doing that. Um, you know, see if I can get through these steps, and maybe start helping somebody else get through them. Um, uh, that's about all I got. I only have ten minutes, so I'm gonna hand it back to uh, Laura. And everybody have a great Christmas and be safe out there and enjoy yourself. Let's stay sober and come to our meetings. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Marianne. I'm an alcoholic. Um, it's really awesome to be here. I love that they're so, um, I love these Zoom meetings uh, in moments like this where um, I really, it's just cold and rainy and horrible and I just want to have feelings and um you know it's the holidays and all the normal stuff that, that comes up so it's really it's really nice to thank you for letting me speak um let's see my sobriety date is August 13th 2012 so I'll have um 10 years in at some point this year uh which is incredible and unbelievable um I was thinking about my last Christmas before I came in here in 2011 and I was unemployed, pretty unemployable actually. Um, really sick, like, um, exhausted. Um, uh, I think I had a UTI probably from some like crazy reckless behavior. Um, I was in a fight with everybody in my family, pretty much. I had pissed off most people close to me. I had a lot of, like, very fleeting kinds of relationships and, like, friendships and work relationships that never really kind of coalesced and came together. Um, and I was just, like, deeply in untreated alcoholism. Um, so... I came, I actually, uh, part of why I came in originally in January of 2012, and then I had a brief relapse at about six months, um, was um, really I just kind of came to the end of a very, very long, progressive, downhill, like, journey, <laughs> you want to call it that. Um, I kind of, I didn't really start drinking alcoholically until I was in my late 20s. And I'd always sort of like partied or whatever, you know, when I was younger, but it was no real consequences that I could really point to. And I wasn't really drinking alcoholically. It kind of started to just creep up over time. And I had a couple of kind of traumatic things happen. Um, my mom died really suddenly, which is not why I'm an alcoholic, but I felt kind of unmoored and, and really, um, uh, I don't know, kind of like shaken out of my out of my normal way of looking at the world um, when I was 25. And then I had a really, really bad breakup with somebody when I was 28 and I got fired in that same week. And 
something about the combination of those things um, really, really drove home my perception of myself as just unworthy, you know, and um, flawed and bad, you know, and I felt like, although I had kind of built a life for myself that those, that, those, that like feeling of rejection from getting fired and from the relationship was some, like something I reacted to alcoholically. Like I took it very, very deeply. Um, and I started to drink after work, after, uh, those two things happened and I just kept doing it. Um, I started to come home when I would have a few drinks after I got home from work and I just proceeded to do that for years. And it slowly got kind of like heavier and heavier. And then in the weekends I was drinking more. I moved, I was living in LA at the time and I moved to New York and I met this English guy and I moved to London um, where kind of the wheels came off a little bit because uh, English people uh, drink like it's their last day on earth every day and they do tons of drugs and I was working in advertising. And so I was just kind of living this life of like, um, that was really two lives. There was my, my day life where I would go to work and mostly be hungover and trying to like drink enough coffee to get myself through a day. Um, and then I would come home from work and every single night I would drink and every night I would say that I wasn't going to, and I would find myself over and over and over again, always kind of stopping somewhere and getting something to drink. And then I started to drink a lot on the weekends and then I got introduced to drugs and then, the weekend started to start Thursday and then I was starting to do drugs to stay awake on Friday. I mean, it was just like this slow kind of slipping and uh, with the world kind of slipping out from under me until finally in my forties, my early forties, I, you know, all of my friends had kind of progressed on with their lives and gotten married and bought houses and settled down. And I was, getting further from that not just not moving forward but actually like kind of coming apart um and having a harder and harder time to make meaningful relationships and um having a really hard time kind of getting any traction in my career and and just slowly over time becoming more and more sick and more and more exhausted and um and so I finally, I got fired from this job at an, at an ad agency. <laughs> I called some client. I had a phone call and I was drunk on the call. And I don't know what I said to this guy, but he pulled his business from the agency. And it was this big dramatic moment. And they marched me out of the office and this whole thing. And that's when I realized that I really couldn't, I couldn't go on anymore. Um, by that time, I'd moved from London to San Francisco and um, had just kind of bottomed out, you know, my, my hope, my plans, my dreams, my, you know, everything had kind of like gotten dulled more and more and more of a time to where I just couldn't really see the future. Um, and at the same time, I, you know, I worked in advertising, as I mentioned, so you can dress up drinking, you can dress up being an alcoholic and a drug addict, but if you have like an okay job, you know, you can go wine tasting and you can have brunch that goes on all day and you can live in a kind of okay apartment and you can convince yourself that your life is manageable. 
But now when I look back on it, it was just terrible. I mean, it was just empty and, and really sad. So I finally hauled myself into AA. Um, and um, I went to this, it was right after Christmas. By Oh, congrats on 90 days, by the way. To get 90 days in the run-up to the holidays is like, <laughs> is like extra strength 90 days. That's incredibly difficult. So just huge kudos to to uh, our 90 days, our 90 day birthday. Um, so I came in right after the holidays and, uh, I went to my first meeting and it was in the tenderloin. Um, and it was wild. It's in this place called first place on Ellis street. And it's really chaotic and people are coming and going and people were, you know, like just out of jail, people had lost kids, people were homeless. And I was, um, it was perfect for me. It was a perfect first AA meeting for me because I looked around and thought, I am exactly as a, a big a drug addict as everyone in this room. You know, like I skate over the consequences a little bit because I have a different set of circumstances in my life and I'm able to kind of convince myself that I'm, I'm okay. Um, but really, like, I'm exactly as much an alcoholic as everybody in here. And all of these people are going to go home and stay sober today. And so I was really like, I had deep respect for that. I was kind of awed that people that were struggling that much were going to walk out of that room and not go get drunk. And so I thought, God, if these people can do it, I can do it. Um, so I decided I would stay sober for 60 days and I would do 60 meetings. And then uh, somewhere in that point, I realized that, I absolutely was in the right place that this was my, my, um, an incredible gift that I'd kind of stumbled into. And then I, I went ahead and did 90, 90. And then I had, as I mentioned, a short relapse at six months. Um, I can't even remember why it doesn't matter. Um, but I did know when I, I, I basically got drunk for like a weekend. And during that weekend, I have never felt more suicidal because I realized as I was kind of drinking that weekend that what my life would be like if I went back out and how, um, how desperately I never wanted to go back to that life. So, so I got right back in, thank God. Um, and I've been in ever since. And I had a, um, I guess an interest, like in the first year of AA, I was talking a little bit about early sobriety. Um, I don't know what I was doing. I was just holding on for dear life. I would go to all the events. I would go to a ton of meetings. I could never talk. To, I could never get my hand up to share. I was terrified of speaking at group level. Uh, super, super shy. I could never stay after the meetings. <laughs> I could never, you know, and I would just force myself to do it. And I would go to like, you know, the events. I would go to like the cookouts and the whatever, like the annual dry dock picnic or whatever they had. And I would just force myself to sit there in incredible discomfort and just kind of get through it and talk to people. And over time I began to feel the, um, I don't know, like the, the feeling of it's not really serenity that early on in sobriety. It's more like hope, I guess, you know, like I started to understand that I could get better and I started to see, um, I, I really wanted to get better. And I remember just being so blown away, and I still am, like just blown away by the way that people 
talked about their feelings in here and the way that they all felt exactly the same way I did, but they had this vocabulary and this awareness of their feelings and awareness of their behavior that was just absolutely mind blowing to me um, because I had just lived in a state of like confusion and being so disconnected from my own feelings for so many years. So I definitely wanted what you guys had. Um, but early sobriety is rough. You know, you're like right in the middle of all of the wreckage that you created and you don't really have any tools yet and you don't know how to do anything sober. So it's really hard. Um, so I don't know. I'm always, I always think if you can just stick with it, you know, for a while until you start to get your sea legs, then it's, um, that's the most important thing in the beginning. Um, I had a really hard time with God. I came in very much, a, not with God, with the idea of God in a program. Um, I came in very much an atheist over 10 years. I've eventually become an agnostic, which doesn't sound like a long journey, but it actually was. Um, which basically to me means that I have no idea what is or isn't. And I don't think anyone can know what uh, God is or isn't. But I do know that there's a really valuable exercise in connecting with something that you can personify um, and connect with that represents something that's infinite that we can't actually really understand. And, um, and you can call it whatever you want and you can make it a person or a force or an energy or a thing or whatever. Um, but as long as it's something that you can kind of relate to in your head, that that helps you to above all stop trying to control everything and and understand that there are greater forces at work and you can just kind of show up and do your part and the rest of the world takes care of itself and it's such a simple lesson but it's profound it's like the most powerful thing that i've learned in 10 years is that i don't have to control things and most of the things that i want to control are things like what you think of me like what people think of us or what I'll speak for myself, what people think of me for many years was like a terrible, a terrifying taskmaster that would make me want to do more or say something or, or make sure that you thought this or manipulate a situation in some way. But it makes, it kind of perverts your thinking that fear, self-centered fear, almost like corrupts and, and confuses your thinking to where you start to do all this stuff that actually causes a bunch of problems that you weren't going to have. Um, and that took me a really long time to understand that. But I think now I, I more than ever understand how to just let um, my life kind of unfold and just be what it is. Um, and I have a lot more faith and a lot more hope than I did. Um, so what it's like now, uh, let's see, it's Christmas. I got up, I was supposed to go to LA to see my best friend. His husband got COVID, so I didn't end up going. I went to church last night. I actually, although a staunch atheist, I will always be Catholic. <laughs> and so I do like to go to Christmas mass. Uh, I find it really deeply comforting. I love it. Um, so I went last night and talk to my family today who I have a great relationship with who I've actually like created a whole a really nice kind of friendship with my brothers um and talk to my dad um I actually arranged I don't do this every day this is gonna make me sound like a saint I'm not always this uh 
whatever, but I, I like arranged, I don't, I was just thinking about, I live near Lake Merritt in Oakland and there's a lot of people who live in tents out there. And I was just thinking, I think about them a lot. And I, I volunteer sometimes with this group that cleans up garbage in the park. And um, so I, I organized with one of them to just create these, like, I went to Target and bought a bunch of stuff like socks and toothpaste and Christmas cards. And I put a bunch of Christmas cookies and chocolates and stuff in there and got together with some other people and invited my partner's um, sister and her son and a group of five of us just went out and and walked around and kind of handed out stuff to people, which was really, really rewarding, really awesome way to, you know, something to do on Christmas and then I had a couple Zoom calls with my family and talked to my, my boyfriend, who's actually snow, he's Jewish, so he took off and went snowboarding <laughs> with his kids. Um, but, you know, th- I say all of this to say that from the time I got up today, I was not sitting in a hangover full of shame and being alone and confused. I would, had purpose. I had connection to people around me. Um, and... Every single thing that happened today is a result of being in here. Like there's, there's nothing, there's really nothing in my life that isn't supported by or created by or influenced or inspired by being sober and, um, you know, and like being in the program and trying to live a life that has some integrity and has some purpose. So, um, it's just such a far cry from where I was and, and it, it's work, you know, I didn't like, I had to do a bunch of work to get there, but you guys made it easy, you know, and kind of showed me what to do the whole way. So, um, maybe that's all I'm going to say. And then if that's okay, we could take some time to share. That's cool with everybody. I feel like people probably have things on their mind after <laughs> hanging out with their families. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I got. Thank you for asking me to to share.